Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Cincy Shirts. Cincy 360. About Cincinnati. From Cincinnati. Sponsored in part by Cincy Shirts. Cincy Shirts. All Cincy. All day. This is ESPN 1530. Cincinnati's sports station. All right. Welcome back. Cincy 360. That's right. You heard it. A service of our friends at Cincy Shirts. On ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Uh, download their app. Visit CincyShirts.com or any of the three retail locations, including the newly opened uh, Cincy Shirts location in downtown Loveland. Let's get things going in hour number two. Let's stick with the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's do so with the man covering the Bengals for Local 12. You can find him on Twitter at Local12Skinny. Uh, Richard Skinner. What's up, Skinny? How are you? I'm good, Tony. How are you? Skinny, I, I can't be any better um, before we get into the, the Cincinnati Bengals, I, I have to ask you, because it's, it's my theme today, um, the Cincinnati Bearcats are, are favored by five and a half points tonight against Texas in the friendly confines of Fifth Third Arena. Um, what do you make of that point spread? Seems like a very big number. Um, you know, they did just go beat a ranked team on their floor. Um, so you got to take that part into account of it. Uh, but boy, that's a big number. And you know, I think sometimes people see that win. They're they're not local. They're just national people making a wager, and, and then they see Texas coming off of a loss, and you put two and two together and go, "Oh, that feels like a fair spread." That seems like a big number, but man, if if they can, they may have to cover that number. If they can just win yes. this game to start off two and zero inside the league. Holy cow! I, I heard you the other day, and I was with you. Out of these first six games, I thought at most they could win a game. Um, you said you know you hope they could win two. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get two right out of the shoot. Well, good for them yeah. if they can do it. I think eight or nine in the Big Twelve is the magic number. Two and zero oh would would yep. be a, a long way in starting on that path. Let's let's start with the Bengals' path, Skinny, because the season ends, and I, I for as long as I've been doing this, this off season to me has the most intrigue because you're finally out of the rookie deal window for Joe Burrow, and and everyone knew under the rookie deal you can build a roster in many different ways, and now Burroughs' deal is done. You would expect Jamar Chase to uh, to hit the books here soon. Just from an intrigue value in itself, where do you rate this upcoming offseason with how many questions this Bengals roster has? Yeah, a lot of intrigue for sure. And, you know, you go back to the, the roster mess of 19 and 20 where, where Zach Taylor was dumping the guys that, that were kind of dead in the rope and, and they really had to build through free agency, and they had the money to do so then to build through free agency. Because at that point, then you did have a, a rookie quarterback on a, on a rookie contract, and you had a, a, a top flight wide receiver on a rookie contract, and uh, you had a Logan Wilson on a rookie contract, and all of a sudden now, the, the last handful of drafts haven't really bolstered your roster that much, and you have to now go back out in free agency, and Gilson needs again. You probably should have filled through the draft. Um, you know, I tweeted this out the other day. Go back to that 2021 draft class of Jackson Carmen and and, uh, and uh, Deontay Smith, Joseph Osai. Joseph Osai, I was just looking from an offensive yeah. line standpoint. Those guys, those guys didn't take a single offensive line staff until Sunday. I mean, at, like that, that was a second, a fourth, and a sixth round pick. Somebody should have been taking snaps by now. So now you have to go out and pay for a right tackle. 
you know, maybe I, I'm not a, of, of the ilk that, that you're going to have the money to go move on from Cordell Volson yet, but, you know, maybe that's a route you have to go. You know, do you have to look again at veteran safety and, and decide what you're going to do with Dak Phil moving forward? Is it getting more of a future slot corner than he is a safety guy? Um, you know, then, of course, the wide receiver situation of whether or not you tag T or not or, or let him walk. And, and um, if you do, are you really going to go through the draft to try to get two guys and, and plus hope that Yoshivash and or Charlie Jones takes a step forward this coming year? That's a big ass. So you've got a lot of holes to fill defensive tackle with DJ Reader's yeah. absence. And, um, you know, trying to bolster that, that interior, probably at least a guy in free agency and probably a guy in the draft. So, yeah, there's a lot of things they have to do. And unfortunately, they have to do some of it a chunk of it through free agency, and, and you shouldn't be at that point any longer. Yeah, I, I just look at outside of McPherson in the quarterback room, you can make arguments for every position needing upgrades in this offseason. Let me give you just a couple. The obvious one is T. Higgins, and um, yep. I, I thought I knew what it was going to be with T. Higgins, and then I heard Joe Burrow talk, and part of me is saying, yes, that's Joe Burrow. He's the quarterback. That's what he's supposed to be saying about his guy, T. Higgins. Did anything change, in your opinion, on how you view this offseason for T. Higgins based on listening to Joe Burrow this week? It did. It did. Um, I think Joe was clearly making the message that he wants him back, and Joe gets a lot of things that Joe wants. Uh, whether people like that or not, that's just the way it is. Um, the funny part to the question is, I mean, I, 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 I could flip a coin right now and give you a different answer on why I think this T. Higgins thing is going. I swear I pass away every day of, oh, yeah, they still tag him. Uh, no, they won't. Uh, yeah, they will. They'll tag him look the same. Yeah, no, they won't. Cause maybe not going to be a big market to trade for him. And then you may be stuck with the tag if you didn't want to pay it. I mean, they got a real important decision to make because here's the thing. The, the simple concept is, all right, tag him, um, you know, then dangle him in trade. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the value is for T. Higgins coming off of an injury play gear. You only really drop some balls, um, you know, in and out of the lineup. Uh, T. Higgins at his best is, is probably worth a good piece of change, but he's kind of starting to get a little injury prone. He's missing games each year. and The drops were a thing this year. And so, you know, if you are going to tag him and go, okay, we're going to dangle him in the trade, what if you don't get the offer you're looking for and you're stuck having to pay the tag that you maybe didn't want to pay in the first place? So I think they've got a real important decision to make, and they've got a very short window in which to do it there from, from whatever it is, February uh, 26th or February 16th, whatever the hell it is, March 5th. They got a real tough decision to make on that one, in my opinion, because there's no doubt the quarterback wants him back. You, you know, Zach wants him back, obviously. You know, again, the finances of it may not equal him coming back, and the cap value of it may not equal him coming back. It's a really hard, tough decision because, again, if you're spending that money on him, do you have money to spend elsewhere where you have real legitimate needs? Yeah. I go from Higgins and, and that money to, look, this starting unit, started every game together on the offensive line, and yet at the end of the year, I, I still am left wondering, is the offensive line good as it currently sits? One of those pieces is going to be Jonah Williams. Now, obviously what he did at right tackle was impressive. He also gives you the ability, if something were to happen at left tackle, he could slide back to left tackle. What do you think the offseason now looks like for Jonah Williams? And if you don't tag T. Higgins, is Jonah Williams the type of guy that you could tag? Because, as you mentioned, it's not like... The, the the farm system, if you would, in the NFL for what they have in that, that tackle room already is loaded. Do you go spend money on a free agent? Do you try to find it via draft? What are you doing at right tackle? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's a great question, too, because, um, you know, Jonah made $12-plus million this year, so he's going to command at least that, if not more, on an annual basis, um, you know, unless they do tag him, which is, I guess, a potential, too. Um, you know, is there somebody else out there that you think is as good 
a similar price that you paid Joe this year, maybe a lesser price. And I don't know if that guy's out there. And that's something they have to determine. If not, then maybe you do have to try to, to, to bring Jonah back. And, and he really did play. I thought he had a good season at right tackle this, this past season. You're right. It gives you the flexibility if something were to happen to Orlando Brown. If, you know, he's played left tackle before. So, um, you know, the, the, the decisions they have to make are really, really tough ones this season because, again, where the finances go, um, you know, what, what do you get allocated? I know people can look at the raw salary cap number, and I would tell everybody, don't look at the raw salary cap number. It never is what you think it is. They usually have about another 15 to 20 mil they hold back for other reasons. And so, you know, it's probably take 20 mil off of what you're looking at, whatever it is, 68 mil. And that 68 mil can get eaten up pretty quickly if you're tagging T. Higgins and re-signing to Jonah Williams or signing somebody in the Literally look up and you're down to having, you know, eight ten million $10 million yeah. to spend and still need a couple other position groups. Um, running back. I think what Chase Brown did in limited time was very impressive. Joe Mixon, another 1,000-yard season, although in a 17-game slate, you really only got to average about 60 yards a game to get to that. I think at this time, everyone knows what Joe Mixon is, but if we had the conversation last year, do you bring Joe Mixon back, and you're having the same conversation this year of if you bring Joe Mixon back on a team that was last in rushing yards in the NFL, what are you doing at running back? Great one too, and and so that's either go out on the free agent market and get somebody that's you know again a similar price guy to what you paid Joe Mixon this year. Uh, maybe you try to catch lightning in a bottle with a Clyde edwards or somebody like that, that that hasn't completely panned out in Kansas City, but certainly has a world of potential and was thought to have had a world of potential. Um, you know, maybe a new scenery for him works out. You know, they they kind of this past year, I, I, I honestly don't think they had plans to bring Joe Mixon back. I really think they were in the Samaj AP line camp and got you know sidelined by that a little bit when he decided to go out to Denver. And, and you look around, you go, okay, well we need a running back, and he's done it for us before. And you know our leverage is, well, we'll ask you to take a pay cut, and he's probably got no other leverage than to take that pay cut, which he did. You know, do you go that route again? You say, you know, Joe, listen, we like you, we want you, we'll we'll give you three million incentives as opposed to what we're going to pay you. It's not a not a huge difference in what you're paying him right now. And the other side to it, too, is honestly, he wasn't very good this year. Um, you know, didn't break tackles. Uh, was was one of the lowest in explosive rate in the NFL. Pass protection. And I know he had the great run on Sunday, but that was against a bunch of backups on Sunday. And, you know, good for him. You know, maybe, maybe he needs to play for himself every game. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, he, he got some money dangled for him. He went yeah. up 350 grand on Sunday, so good for him. But, uh, again, that's now a, a running back who I didn't think was very good this year. I think they thought was very good this year. And he's another year later. And so, again, a very important decision to make there. We could ask about safety, about corner, about interior defensive line. I could ask you outside, outside of Trey Hendrickson, pass rusher, what this team has. But there is that, that the linebacker position. I'm, I'm good at Logan Wilson, but last year, the, the first move of the offseason was, was to go in on, on Jermaine Pratt. And I know they built in a way to get out of it. Uh, with 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 Pratt's contract, I just didn't see enough from Jermaine Pratt. Is Jermaine Pratt part of this team, in your opinion, next year for the Bengals? Yeah, he is um, because you don't really have anything in the pipeline behind him, and then again, you have to go back after free agency. I, I do think I didn't think he played well. Um, I'm sure you would agree with that, but I also think both of those linebackers were compromised by the safeties and just their inexperience. You know, we talked to Lou Anarumo last week, and he, he made a point of a play in the Kansas City game where. Logan Wilson literally had to turn around to try to talk to the safeties before a play's getting snapped when it should be the other way around. And suddenly, you know, Rasheed Rice is running down the scene. It wasn't that long 67-yarder. It was the other one that he caught down the scene. 
And, and you saw that a lot this year, where there was that, just that huge open void in the middle of the field between linebackers and safeties. And I, I truly think that was more the safety inexperience than it was the linebackers not not looked, not not playing well at times and maybe not dropping where they're supposed to. Maybe they dropped exactly where they were supposed to, and the safeties didn't play where they were. And but it felt like this past week there were a lot of people rolling those safeties under the bus, um, and, and maybe that was the issue. And nobody wanted to say it until the season was over, but it was clearly clearly an issue with, with especially backfield. That's really really struggled um, all, all season long. When you look at the, the offseason, I listened to Zach Taylor yesterday, and he, he talks, barring promotions, he expects the same staff to, to run it back again next year. Uh, where do you stand from a coaching situation? But, you know, there, there is the, the offensive questions of consistency, and with Joe Burrow healthy, will they be under center more? What does that look like? But a, a lot of highs and lows, not a lot of consistency on offense. Are you, are you thinking the same? Does this coaching staff, barring a coach getting a head coaching job, does it look like the same staff coming back next year? Primarily, I, I, I could see Dan Pitcher, the quarterback's coach, getting legitimate offers to go be a coordinator somewhere, and, and it'd be hard for him not to say yes this time around. Remember, Tampa came and dangled that to him, and they paid him some really good money to keep him around, probably with the caveat of, hey, next year if Brian gets a head coaching job, and I don't think that's going to happen, mind you, nor Lou, um, that, that you can step right into the, the coordinator role and we'll pay you pretty good money to do this. And You know, I, I thought Zach went out of his way yesterday to, to compliment Dan about the job he did with Jake Browning, and, and he really did. I think he had a lot to do with, with Jake Browning's success. Um, Jake Browning certainly had a lot to do with his success, but I think Dan Pitcher did too. So barring something like that, um, yeah, and I – you know, the, the question was asked twice. There was a follow-up late in the press conference of, just to be clear, um, are you planning on making any changes to the staff? And, and it didn't sound like he was. So, yeah, again, boring guy moving on, and I think pitcher would be one. You know, I, I, maybe there's another position coach that gets a better offer somewhere else. I do think the staff comes back, and I think Zach really made it a point to tell how much he really enjoys his staff and thinks it's a good staff. Lastly, how do you view, as you, you put a bow on, on 2023, the season, you know, they, they go 9-8, and eight, the disaster start again. Burrow injured at the start of the year, gets injured in the Baltimore game. They play a tough schedule. Jake Browning plays good. They, they win some games they weren't supposed to. The 9-8 and eight finish, with, with everything that happened around the team with injuries and, and health and the schedule, how do you view, now that it's said and done, the, the 2023 season? Weird. I mean, it really was. It was weird from the outset, right, of – Burrow's cast strain, and then they get healthy, and then they win games, and they're five and three, and then they, they lose the game they should have never lost to Houston when reliable Tyler Boyd drops a pass in the end zone, and uh, you know the guy just doesn't drop balls, and he dropped one at a key moment, and then you know the injury to Joe in Baltimore, and it looked like the season was derailed, and here comes nobody knows what he's going to do. Jake Browning started to win games and playing well for you, and then they just couldn't beat Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh or Kansas City. I mean, Tony, really, they're one game different. In the 2021 season, when they went to the Super Bowl, they went right. 10 and 7 that season. And I know they, they lost that last game to Cleveland when they, you know, didn't play their starters. So I guess there's a caveat to that. But still, they're one line different. The Houston game, uh, maybe the first Pittsburgh game, hell, the Kansas City game. Tell one of those things. Hell, the first Baltimore game. Yep. Um, you know, where Joe gets picked uh, picked at the end zone. I, I mean, so many chances there, and it, it felt. It, that, that season felt clean. This season felt just weirdly dirty because it just never. There's never any any uh, flow to it. It was always stop, start, start, stop, start, stop, stop, start. It was three-game winning streak, three-game losing streak, two-game winning streak, two-game winning streak. It was just a weird, weird yeah. year. 
Uh, very unique, and it, it does bring us to a very, very interesting offseason. He's Richard Skinner, yep. Local 12, uh, Local 12 Skinny on Twitter. Skinny, I appreciate your time as always, man. I look forward to talking soon. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. There he is. Uh, Skinny from uh, Local 12. We, you, guys, uh, you guys made it through a whole interview without talking about strawberry ice. See? Congratulations. See? We, we did. Um, you know, real quick to, to put a bow on, on the NFL here before we get to talkbacks. I know you've retweeted this. I, I've seen it out there. This Diana Rossini tweet is bonkers to me. Mm-hmm. She says, the Titans believed trading Vrabel was too complicated and would take too long, per sources. They wanted to move on quickly. I was told Vrabel never asked ownership for a trade or asked out of Tennessee. Unbelievable. Like, does Tennessee already have their guy? That they had to get rid of him quick? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Harbaugh to the Titans? Can you, you can still sign a, uh, you can still Correct. You know, hire a head coach and trade your other one. Yep. You know, the, the crazy part, and, and I asked you this off air. The playoffs haven't even started yet. Yeah. I, I asked you this off air. When you move on from a coach and that coach, becomes the top coaching candidate for every vacancy, are you making the right move? Mm-hmm. A lot that, that's, of questions. That's the same question people are asking in New England. Yeah, very valid. And it's a different situation than, than with Harbaugh because that's going from college to the NFL. If you're the Titans, that's a puzzling decision. You better have a home run already in mind. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Your talkbacks right here in hour number two presented by our good friends at Cincy Shirts on ESPN 1530 Cincinnati Sports Station. Now, your chance to win. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 